This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's UnderdogFantasy.com or Underdog Fantasy in the App Store. Sign up with promo code PITCHERLIST and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. In Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. You're listening to Wins Above Fantasy, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network, with Van Burnett and Steve Giswelli. Welcome back, everybody. It is Wins Above Fantasy, episode 111. Today is Thursday, August 3rd. Catching our breath a little bit from the trade deadline. A lot of fun stuff, but definitely all over the socials and podcast world. So we've got a uh, fun little zig to the zag today, Steve. Very much looking forward to second edition of our Is It Legit segment. We did hitters last week. We are focusing the entire show today on pitchers. And we've got about a dozen names of pitchers pretty new to the scene this year, or at least new to being highly productive, reliable fantasy players. And it's time for us to kind of evaluate, do a deep dive assess if we think it's legit as the show title says and also a little bit of forecasting into the offseason where we see these guys going Uh, of course you know most trade deadlines are approaching or almost at the end but still uh there might be some actionable ones in here more so than than hitting i think there's a few that might be available in shallow leagues but gonna be a great show very excited steve how's it going man uh are you feeling the turbulence from all of this trade deadline stuff yeah, it was, uh, it was a pretty exciting deadline. I know there's been a few in the past where it's kind of been ho-hum and returns for rentals aren't what they were back in the day just because teams have smartened up. But um, this was a, a, a pretty good one, um, in large part due to the Mets and Steve Cohen just willing to eat all of the salary to get high-end prospects. But, hey, you got to do what you got to do. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a pretty exciting deadline. I know, uh, you texted me if you wanted, if we wanted to make this a trade deadline focus show, but you know, by Thursday, this will be, or a, a Thursday, two days from the deadline. Like you kind of, you, you forget already and like you you, you get used to the pitchers and, and the players on the new, new teams. It's, it's funny how quickly that happens. Like once the guys make a start, it's it becomes old news quick. So uh, I'm glad we're focusing on this. I know we, we teased it last week, and I, I think last week was a great topic with the breakout hitters and evaluating them. And now we do the, the pitcher version. So I think it's uh, a fun show, and I'm glad we uh, we pivoted. There will be plenty of other 
um, trade deadline shows that you probably already listened to as, as we're two days out now from, from the trade Absolutely. Deadline, so. and, and a handful of these guys are either impacted, uh, whether directly or indirectly, by yeah. the some of the trade deadline moves. And Steve, I'm more than happy to, to veer off course if we want to do some, uh, you know, some some quick cameos for some of the guys. There's a couple names of guys who got moved who didn't make this list but are having nice little seasons. So maybe we'll stray into that. But going to be a great show. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in, especially in the month of August. It, you know, it's down to the wire. So, it, it, you know, good luck to all the, the teams kind of scrapping and clawing out there. Steve, I, I'll, I'll save it because no one wants to hear it on our home leagues and our industry leagues. But we'll do a little recap show uh, before long and uh we've got enough names that we should probably just jump right in so the first one and one of the best ones on the whole list really in terms of production this season is mr jesus lazardo uh chalk it up as another one i don't know about you but uh probably about two years early for me uh on lazardo and didn't have many shares this year even though he was kind of a, a popular breakout pick and man has he lived up to that hype in the preseason. Lazardo eight and five on the season with 147 strikeouts over 125 innings, a 338 ERA and a 118 whip. Uh, very solid across the board for Lazardo, and it's looked even better in the past month with 35 strikeouts over 28 innings, a 289 ERA. Uh, the whip has climbed up a little bit at 129. Uh, but yes, the highlight was last week. As we record this, the 13 strikeouts versus the Rockies was a career high for Lazardo. And yeah, I saw a tweet where, you know, it's kind of lopsided on AL pitchers, but NL Cy Young, I was laughing at our local sports radio about a month ago saying Marcus Stroman was a front runner for NL Cy Young. And I'm like, yeah, take a picture. It'll last longer. But Lazardo is in the discussion <laughs> now. And uh, it begs the question, Steve. Are we fully buying this? And uh, if so, where does he uh, land in the the landscape of of pitching? I am fully buying this. Um, If he is not being drafted as like an SP1 next year, I will gladly take him at any discount from that. Um, Yeah, we probably should have been more in on him this year. Uh, I, I don't know how I wasn't. Um, a Nick Pollock, stri- yeah, Pollock yeah. was big on him. Yeah, thirty percent strikeout rate in hundred innings. Like, what else do you need to see? Like, yeah, the walk rate was a little elevated, but it wasn't even that bad. And he improved this this year. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm surprised um, that I, maybe it was because I was in on him for the last two three years. It seemed like um, it always seemed like there was something, but it it, it just takes a little bit. And, it's finally happening for for Lizardo. Like there's nothing that I could see that that doesn't scream SP one going forward. Um, like this looks like Shane McClanahan. Like ninety percent of Shane McClanahan. Like ninety seven from the left side. Like he improved his velocity uh, uh, this year. Um, sure, maybe he doesn't have um, as elite secondaries. Um, but he still does have a really good slider and a changeup that he that he throws a lot. Um, he's throwing the fastball a lot more this year. And when you know, if you're you're pumping 97 from the left side, like that's okay. I know usually it's 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 a move away from the fastball that leads to to the breakout, but it's a really good pitch. So um, 
doesn't really you know matter to me that that's what 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 he's doing it uh with you know uh it, it went up almost a, a half a tick like that's ridiculous mm-hmm. for that he it was already sitting 96 last year right um so um gets really good whiffs on it for for a fastball um if you have that, like, there's so much less to worry about, like, if you have a really good fastball. Because um, you can lean on it and throw it more like, like Lizardo is doing. So, um, yeah, I, I I hope that he is somehow, you know, maybe just because of the track record. And there is a blow-up start here or there um, that happens. And, you know, uh, the whip isn't elite elite um but it's it's not due to the walks right uh, he, he's only walking 6.8 percent of the batters he's facing it's the best walk rate um since a 12 inning sample in, in 2019 with oakland for him so um yeah I, i'm not too too concerned about that like he's not giving up too many home runs so i'm all in on lizardo for the rest of the year and for next year, he is going to be a guy that I target as my first pitcher next year, for sure. Yeah, it is interesting on the whip with the relatively low walk rate. And honestly, looking at the four-seamer for how much he uses it, you know, it doesn't get a lot of whiffs, Steve. And like the the high lock on pitcher list where you want the high relative the Relative fastball. for fastballs, though, is it is it does it get a decent amount of... Like, uh, so let's see. The swing strike rate is 49th percentile. Uh, okay. The CSW so 47th average. percentile. Yeah. yeah. So I guess like looking at how much he relies on the fastball, it is a little perplexing that he doesn't locate it high that well. And also like the CSW and the swing strike rate are kind of middle of the pack. Like I'm not saying that, you know, they're, Obviously, there's something that he's doing that's that's yielding the success and the velocity is great, um, but he doesn't get a lot of extension on it. It's just a little interesting. I, I mean, I would still love to see for for how much swing and miss he gets on his slider. It would obviously be great to see him increase that from just like 29%. Um, but yeah, I mean, the fastball, he, he's increased. I guess it's all come in exchange for the sinker and the sinker in the past um, looking at it. I mean, it got decent results. Yeah. This one is going to be a little bit more of a, an off season deep dive. I'll tell you the reason I missed on him this year was at that point in the draft, I was kind of loading up on Joe Ryan and Jeffrey Springs. Uh, so it was same kind of an area where you couldn't go wrong. I mean, obviously Springs with the injury, but if anything, it just goes to underline that approach of, you know, you can wait on the top, top starting pitchers and then just hammer the mighty middle there. Um, so, yeah, I do like Lazardo. Nick Pollock's got him at uh, 14th on the list this week. Uh, right around names like Pablo Lopez that we really like. Lopez is right behind him. Zach Wheeler is right in front of him. Uh, Joe Ryan, who we just mentioned, is uh, four spots behind him. So, yeah, really good area. And I'm hoping if that is my SP1, SP2 uh especially SP1 that you could wait a little bit uh because yeah people might be slow to kind of indoctrinate him into the ace tier but uh, like the 
the secondary stuff, the swing and miss is is there, and the pitch. I mean, the fastball's got elite exit or elite velocity, so hard to argue there. Um, just a, it's just a little interesting that I'm kind of curious what about that fastball is working so well for him. PLV likes it better than um, you know the swing strike stuff um, or or uh, plate discipline uh, results. So um, maybe that's you know, a little bit uh, of it. Uh, I'm going to look up the the stuff for it um, real quick um, just to see how it is. I'm sure it grades out um, well because it's just the, uh, an overall, you know, a 97-mile-an-hour fastball from the left side. Um, so... Yeah, it's one of those where like the run value is super high, but it's because he uses it so much and it's gone so well. And my, you know, it's our job to kind of assess if we think uh, it's is the fastball going to uh, have a little one hundred two stuff plus. So around Aaron Nola, Marcus Stroman, uh, that that's 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 strange. That's strange for me, right? Like that's uh, um. Oh, sorry that that was overall stuff plus. I'm I'm, I'm filtering it now. Um, on just the fastball, um, 103. So, yeah, I'm surprised by that. I'm surprised that um, it, it's it's not as good considering. But, um, hey, Joe Ryan's like 102, and that's another guy that, that gets more deception. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he's more of, you know, the low uh, release point with, with good extension and not amazing velocity, but... Lazardo's got the velocity and it's working with the secondary, so I'm not too too concerned about it just because. Uh, no, I I mean I, I yeah I know he's he's come up with a huge prospect pedigree and to see him put it all together this season has been awesome. It's kind of you know not unlike what we've been saying about Pablo Lopez. So mm-hmm. I am interested, but I am going to say in the off season I'm taking a closer look because there there's a little bit of. Uh, just kind of head scratchers with the profile, just so, with that. So fastball. you wouldn't be as comfortable as me with him as as your first pitcher off off the board. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't okay. think so. Um, okay. When I look at, um, yeah, I mean Pablo Lopez right behind him is a guy that I I like. I know we've talked about him a lot, but enough of Lazardo. We got a whole offseason yep. to talk about him. Let's move to a guy who probably is an NL Cy Young candidate, but. If he had the volume, he'd be worth the discussion. It's Andrew Abbott, who might be uh, really pr- producing at the highest level out of all the youngsters this season. I know Yuri Perez was great, mm-hmm. but now that he's kind of getting a prolonged absence, uh, Abbott is one that's just really stood out. Uh, 6-2 and two record, 71 strikeouts over 65 innings, which honestly is a little bit lower on a, a K rate than we expected at least from the video game numbers he had in the minors, but the ratios at just a 235 ERA, a 103 whip for Abbott, and some uh, pretty mesmerizing gifts out there on the Twitter, or should I say the X, with his ability to tunnel the fastball and the curve. Uh, Andrew Abbott, man, I, I have him in a dynasty league, and I had been holding for a while, but it's the only share, Steve, and... I kind of missed the boat in my home league. I missed the boat on TGFBI. And for how much we were all excited about him, 
Uh, he's really been producing. Question is, under the hood, long term, do we do we buy it? Because he's a pretty unique pitcher, not dissimilar to Joe Ryan with kind of the submarine uh, or just the, the wonky delivery and the deception that he relies on for the fastball. But what do you think about uh, Andrew Abbott? 24 years old for the Reds. It looks like he is definitely a part of this uh, project rebuild that, that's coming to fruition here. I like it. I was a little bit hesitant because a lot of those ridiculous numbers came with that tacky ball in double A, but um, it looks like as he is um, sort of figured it out, uh, he's only gotten better. That being said, there are a lot of luck indications going on here. It's a 92% left on base percentage, um, a 23, uh, and just a 9.9% homer to fly ball with only a 24% ground ball rate. That's ridiculously low. Like, I know he's striking out a lot of batters, but, um, you know, there's still a good amount of fly balls in there uh, that that are not turning into home ballpark. runs. And in that, yeah, exactly, that in that ballpark, you, you definitely uh, could expect some regression. That being said... Um, I think the regression still leads to a really good pitcher. Um, you know, this XFIP and, and Sierra are a little bit higher at a 412 ERA and 437, but uh, I, I'm I'm probably buying closer to his XERA at 336 and, and FIP at, at 390, maybe somewhere in between there. Um, so uh, I, I, I like Abbott and, and think that he potentially could be a decent buy because you know people may do the same analysis that we do and and see how lucky he's gotten um quote unquote lucky um uh, and, and be a little bit out on him but if he continues to run these on like you know m- maybe the, the, that's not going to matter but that being said um i like abbott for for this year and and, and for next year uh it's just you know, that that curveball uh, that he has is just absolutely. Uh, I think it may, maybe it's a sweeper uh, that 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 it is, but um, mm-hmm. the, the the it's it's a, a really good pitch and gets a ton a ton of whiffs. So um, I, I like Abbott a lot uh, going forward. Like I, I know it's not the greatest tool, but um, like the similar pitchers on Stackhouse, it's like. Yeah. Max, 2023 Max Scherzer, 2023 Joe Ryan, 2023 Yuri Perez. Like, uh, that's a good um, comp uh, for guys to, to be in there. So um, it's tough, too, with the ballpark. Maybe I, I would go with other pitchers around him that I like just because having great American uh, ballpark as your home is, is, is not the greatest. But um, I, I think it's a good investment long term. Yeah, he's. I, I could see him being a polarizing one because of the the underlying stuff. The swinging strike rate, mm-hmm. despite all that success in the minors, is pretty middling. And then you add in the ballpark, the fly ball rate, like you're talking about. He's another guy who, it, for how much he throws the fastball, does not really locate it by the book how you want to. But again, it has that Joe Ryan deception. So I know Nick Pollock is a fan um, and the... On the list, he's got Abbott at 29, which is crazy to see mm-hmm. him ahead of names, kind of household names like Logan Gilbert, who we've gotten used to up there. Um, yeah, ahead of 
Carlos Rodon, Bailey Ober. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun offseason breaking all these down, but it's crazy to think uh, Andrew Abbott is kind of grading out as like an SP3 right now, which makes you think he'll probably be in that, you know, 120, give or take, uh, for overall ADP next year. And, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he takes his lumps too because I know uh, not to just cite Nick a hundred times on here, but that's one thing – he talks about with with young player analysis is, you know, even when they start hot, you like to see them face a little adversity and come out on the other mm-hmm. side of that. I know he talked about that with a guy like Hunter Green, for example, or Ranger Suarez. So, you know, with Abbott having just a 235 ERA, it's been, you know, pretty smooth sailing, especially given the ballpark. So it'll be interesting to watch what happens in the final two months here. But Abbott, uh, I think it's a good note that he will probably be uh, pretty divisive in draft rooms with a, a, a big gap between his min pick, max, max pick. So uh, stay tuned on Abbott. Moving over to uh, the Orioles, Kyle Bradish uh, has had an impressive year with the 6-6 six and six record, but uh, ratios have been excellent. A 329 ERA, a 114 whip. Uh, you'll definitely sign up for that with Bradish. The K rate is not really his game in a way, just 95 strikeouts and 104 innings. Um, and yeah, the past month it's looked terrific with a sub one whip, a 2.42 ERA. And yeah, I had to call out Steve that, uh, Eno Saris, we'll talk about this tweet a couple times on the show, but had a tweet with the top 10 curveball stuff plus, uh, pitchers with 30 innings pitched or more. Kyle Bradish's curve was number seven on the list, so he definitely has some, uh, I guess, some potential for even more swing and miss with that curveball. Now they've got Flaherty joining the mix out there in Baltimore, uh, but Bradish, what are your thoughts on uh, the the mini breakout we're seeing this year for the 26-year-old? Uh, I, I love Kyle Bradish. Uh, I wish I had more. I had him rostered and dropped him early in the season. Um, that was you know, all aboard the fact that his slider was one of the best in baseball and he just needed a few tweaks to break out and he's kind of done that. And I think there's more to come. Like that slider, it's what is one of the best pitches in baseball by PLV. It's the 99th percentile for PLV, um, for, for sliders. Um, wow. It's, uh, you know, gets great whiffs at 34.7% whiff percentage on, um, on Savant. Like, I know this isn't great to look at on an individual pitch level, but it's got a 174 batting average against and a 194 expected batting average against. Guys are slugging just 265 off of it. Uh, and then to add add to it, the fact that the curveball also is really good. Um, yeah, the fastball isn't great, and that kind of is what, what's holding it back more. But, you know, he's throwing less this year. If he can get more out of the curveball and get more comfortable with that, um, add that to an elite slider um i think that the um swing strike rate and then therefore the k rate could end up creeping up um he gets really good ground balls um it's now a good ballpark to pitch in um especially for um uh, i guess not not necessarily for righties because uh lefties still have uh, you know the the uh, shorter porch in right line. field yeah. there, but it's still a better pitcher's park than it was before. And, um, you know, to get past Baltimore in left field is, is 
nearly impossible um, for opposite-hand batters. I think only one person, I think someone did it like last week. It was the first time that a left-handed hitter went opposite field over the, that wall there. So crazy um, how much of a pitcher park uh, Camden Yards has become. And I'm more in on Bradish because of it. Um, I think I would go Bradish over Abbott for next year. I may be in the minority wow. for that. But, yeah. Um, the slider is just so, so good, man. Yeah, I mean, I was wanting for you to, like, sell me because, it turn- yes, the whiffs are there on the slider, slider. but, like, most pitchers else. get whiffs on the on the slider. So, mm-hmm. like, but, it, it, you know, it's it's definitely above average. Like, on, on his pitcherless page, the swing strike rate on the slider is 71st percentile, mm-hmm. so it's, like, a solid, definitely a plus pitch for him. Uh, the four seamer is nothing of note, like you mentioned with, uh, just like an 18th percentile swinging strike rate. Uh, he does locate it high pretty well, I guess, is it mainly the secondaries with the curve and the slider? And it's, this is kind of faith, almost Jordan Montgomery esque where you're counting on him to take the next step because his command is pretty good. Um, he doesn't walk at least this year. He's not walking a lot of batters. I do like the ground ball rate up at 50, north of 50%. So that is that is a plus. But it's hard for me to get too jacked about a guy who's, you know, well under a strikeout per inning. But maybe I'm just overlooking uh, kind of the the potential with the secondaries here. I, I think so. And maybe if there there could be the development of the curve or just a tweak with the fastball, the the O swing on the slider, I think, is what's what's causing it to not have the elite elite K and strikeout numbers. It's just a thirty one point nine percent O swing. That's thirty ninth percentile. Um, so, and, and league average is thirty three percent on a slider. And you would think a slider that good would get a lot of swings out of the zone. So yeah. maybe because he is throwing it so much, the the guy hitters know it's coming. Um, and it's hard to get hitters to chase it in, in two-strike counts. Um, so that seems like something that could be a minor tweak that could lead to a strikeout breakout um, is the picture that I'm painting for myself for next year. Um, okay. Bradish. Well, I mean, it's it's a good one of the bunch we've talked about because you're going to get such a discount on on Bradish. Like, he will not go in the same area, I would imagine as, as Abbott, obviously not Lazardo, but yeah. Um, yeah, this one I could see as being a good kind of beginning of the uh, all bets are off range of the drafts where you're just kind of, you know, throwing darts at, at pitchers that you think could take the next step. So uh, good notes for sure on Bradish jumping over to Tyler Wells, his teammate who uh, is now kind of odd man out after he got optioned, Maybe a little prematurely, he had such a great start to the year, and then coming out of All-Star break, three starts, he just had nine innings pitched, and an 11 ERA, a 2.11 whip, uh, could not uh, keep runners off the base paths with the walks, and now they signed Jack Flaherty, Grayson Rodriguez up, and unless he can kind of displace Dean Kramer, it's looking like Wells is kind of... Uh, gonna miss out is that right steve or do we think it's a matter of time because when he was out there just a 102 whip on the season sub four uh almost a strikeout per inning like people were really excited about wells and then 
they kind of had the short hook on him struggling out of all-star break, I guess, with just the the push for the playoff picture and everything. Yeah, it's it's a little surprising and I guess concerning that it, it was it was that quick that he needed to, um, you know, um, like it, it was that short of a poor performance that led to a demotion and a, and a boot from the rotation. So um, I still like Wells. Like I liked Wells before this year and didn't really have as many shares as I should have just because the stuff was better and the swing strike rates were better than what, you know, the ERAs um, and surface stats were. And, you know, just by looking at the old back of the napkin sort of original pitcher analysis, like a 102 whip is still really, really good um, and and is, is better than what his um, current ERA is, even though it's not horrible right like a 380 year is pretty good um especially with the offensive environment up slightly this year so um yeah it's it's this this may be more of like a super late round flyer next year um even Mm -hmm. more so than bradish um but i still think there is a lot to like um you know uh, a, a five pitch mix that he throws, uh, you know, he throws five pitches at least eight percent of the time. There's a lot to think tinker with there, um, and just one of those pit- pitches can take uh, um, a step. And it, it look, he locates well, like um, just looking at all the strike zone plots, like the sliders down in the way, the fastballs up, um, the change ups down and down and uh, in like. You know, he's um, six foot eight too. Yeah, like that yeah, fastball has to just like definitely, definitely. jump on you. Yeah. So that yeah, even with the lower velo, I feel like the you know his his the spin rate on his fastball is way up there. He gets a you know more vertical drop with that than typical players. And yeah, with the six foot eight frame, I feel like there's potential there. So hopefully they they find a way to to work him in. But uh, to jump off. Uh, the rundown just a little bit, Steve. I was blown away, man, when I was looking at all the, you know, trade deadline updates. That 358 baseball on Instagram is like sending me, you know, the notifications, all that stuff. I thought Eduardo Rodriguez went to the Dodgers, and then I like read the caption, and mm-hmm. I was like, "What? He exercised like the no trade clause? Like, really? Just on taxes or something?" So. I did want to just veer off briefly because we talked about Erod so much last year. He had a tough personal year last year, and we were in on him, kind of out this year. And he's one that's looked amazing with just a 295 ERA, a 103 whip, and over a strikeout per inning. Uh, are you kind of liking this Erod bounce back and, and taking it seriously for next year? Because he's still just 30 years old. Um, I I think so, and I think it's kind of good for his fantasy value um that he stayed put um it's a great pitcher's park like what was it was it two years ago now or was it last off season when he signed with detroit and everyone was super excited about him because he's a lefty that i've had to deal with um the the wall there in yeah in fenway fenway yeah. um yeah last year was his first year so, with, with detroit and yeah rough I'm kind of glad that he that he that he stayed there. There was just I think there was a few injuries last year. I think he left the team for like personal reasons for a bit last year. Um, 
So yeah, he lost his mom or his grandma yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. really breaking him up. There, there was uh, a lot going on. There's always been a lot to like with um, it with Erod's um, profile, and this kind of looks like peak Erod when he was in Ed, Red Sox, like a 26 percent strikeout rate. Um, the walk rate's improved, right? Like it's the best of his career. So. Um, Mix that together with that ballpark in Detroit. Like, it's a formula for success. Um, sure, maybe not a sub three area, but still a very, very usable um, fantasy starter going forward. So, for fantasy purposes, I'm kind of glad that he uh, exercises his no trade clause and is still with Detroit. Yeah, kind of a workhorse. I, I think he's. Uh... You know, innings per start, the last month hasn't looked as good, but there was a nice stretch there. It was like eight innings, seven innings, eight innings, seven innings. So, like, yeah, Erod is is kind of of a bygone era, and I think he would be a nice little glue piece depending on where he lands in drafts next year. So had to just venture there. Uh, For what it's worth, he is 53rd on the list for Mr. Nick Pollock. So we will get to another group of pitchers, but we are going to take our first ad break. And we'll be right back. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right. From a, from a former Red Sox to a current one, uh, James Paxton Steve is another guy who uh, was kind of rumored to the Dodgers as well. Uh, he stayed put in Boston and that's a little bit of a question mark with their playoff picture and just how high the stock is on Paxton and how fragile Paxton is. I was surprised that he wasn't moved, uh, but it's got to be discussed that he's been excellent. He is, uh, you know, 
very much one of the breakout pitchers of the season. Uh, 6-2 and two record, 80 strikeouts over 70 innings, a 334 ERA, and a 107 whip. Uh, James Paxton, it's a little bit like we're waiting for the shoe to drop on just the health and the, the durability, but this is one we've, we've talked about all season, Steve, and going into his age 35 season next year, is he someone you're going to be able to trust for your fantasy rotations? All of the numbers, like the swing strike rates, the CSW, um, the K percentage, the walk rate, it all looks like peak and prime James Paxton, like that became a fantasy stud. But I just cannot count on the innings. I, I wouldn't be able to do it just, just solely because of that. And I may miss out. I may miss out on, you know, 150 innings, but... He's only done that twice in his career, um, and it was 150.2 innings in 2019, 160 innings in 2018 with Seattle. Um, yeah, he was one of the best pitchers in the game um, in 2018 when he had those 160 innings, but still, it's just uh, too much of a health concern for me. Um, everything else screams that, yes, it's legit. And I believe that James Paxson is legit whenever he's healthy, but that's a big if and rare when he's healthy. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, the the velocity being up at 95.5 yeah. when, you know, the struggle years, like last year, even two years ago, down at 92 miles per hour and up, up from that. So... It looks great, but I think you said it. It's like there's going to have to be a significant discount here to where, like, it's tough to say Like in terms of the, the risk-reward. Again, it's probably going to be a guy that has a, a big variance on min-pick, max-pick, but it feels like he probably is just shy of that dart throw range because of the health. Like, I don't think I would go for a James Paxton before pick 130. I mean, just blind, not knowing what the board looks like. But like at, at that point, you're talking about a ninth round, eighth round pick. And it's just that's the same range where you could get a Joe Ryan or a Jesus Lazardo or a Pablo Lopez this year. So, yeah, I think I would go with somebody on the better side of 30 who has similar upside as Paxton. But yeah, I. Uh, also, not to say that what he's doing right now isn't deserved. It's just I, it, I think I'd rather have both of his teammates that probably deserve a spot on this show um, in Brian Bayo and Nick Pavetta. Yeah, Pavetta finally getting uh, extended in the in the rotation, and mm-hmm. what was it like ten strikeouts in, in, in over the weekend? Yep, uh, this yep. weekend. So I yeah, think that was two starts in a row now with ten strikeouts. I know one of them was the A's, I believe, but still um, looks really good. Yeah, and and to keep moving on this group because this is kind of the, uh, I guess you could say the. The crusty veterans, in a way, yeah, but yeah. they're 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 breaking back into uh, you know being fresh fantasy options. Jose Barrios is the next one who we all thought we could move on from, and man, he has been excellent the past month. A one eighty four ERA, a one nineteen WHIP, and Barrios, it's looking very much like vintage Barrios. Mm-hmm. Eight and seven record, one hundred thirty innings, the strikeouts beneath that a little bit at one twenty three. But on the season line, a 331 ERA 
and a 120 whip, which is solid enough with that ERA. So uh, Barrios is another one, Steve, that we've talked about throughout the year. It's funny, a calendar year ago, we had him on our rundown for being a, like, what is happening with Jose Barrios? And, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot can change in a year. So is he back in the circle of trust? I think so. Like, this is what you said. This is vintage Jose Barrios. Like, this was a classic example of trust the back of the baseball card. Um, You know, like a high eights K per nine, um, mid threes ERA, not an SP one, but like a pretty solid SP two, three, maybe closer to three, but still that's, that's really, really serviceable. And there's even some things that, you know, you like more this year, like the, the V, the fastball velos up, the swing strike rates back in line with like, 2019 when he threw 200 innings and had you know um a 368 era and uh you know a 20 8.75 strikeout per nine um a little better than where he's at now so maybe there's uh, a little bit um more strikeout upside uh going forward but uh you're picking at nits if, if that's the case like this has just been a solid player that you probably got essentially for free because I think he got blown up the first two times um, and was dropped in a lot of leagues and was just drafted so low regardless because of that 523 ERA last year. But um, Brios kind of, I think, is who he is, and I, it's looking like that 2022 was just a bit of an outlier, and he has this reliable um, arm that, that you could just count on for for solid innings, solid ratios, and solid case. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, the the use of the changeup is really encouraging. It's got it's got the highest put away percent of of any of his pitches. And the last time it had kind of swing and miss to this scale was in 2020, and that's the only time of his career. I know it's his his fourth pitch, but he does mix his repertoire up quite a bit. So he throws it 20 percent of the time. And yeah, the changeup, like going back to uh, 2020, is another one of those years where it was kind of Typical Barrios. I know what that was just after like all-star Barrios, but still just 29 years old. And yeah, this one in terms of like draft and hold guys, I think that that's one of my learnings, Steve, from that, uh, the, the Raz slam team that's gone well for me is like my home league buddies were, you know, joking around telling me to share my team with them. And they're like, this looks like our like waiver wire, page like why how is your team number one overall but like the volume and i know some of the best that play talk about like how a jp crawford or some of these guys who just like you know provide so much volume give you opportunities to excel barrios with his 130 innings next to james paxton who's only got 70 like Mm -hmm. next year these are the types of guys that it doesn't seem like it's a pick that has the sizzle or anything like that but when you put it all together it's the volume guys like this that can really help a lot of those teams, whether it's an unexpected injury or just a week where it all kind of clicks right for them. So, yeah, I think I'll be in on Burrios next year as another one of these these glue guys. But uh, I think you'll also get a little bit of a discount because the name value is kind of worn off and the strikeout rate doesn't like jump off the page. But he is kind of an accumulator, which is nice. So more to come on Burrios, if, especially if he keeps up this uh, ratio production, just uh, yeah, he he could flirt with a 
you know, three ERA with where he's where he's at right now and where where he's been the past month. So uh, that is Jose Barrios. And the third one in this group is a guy we've talked about throughout the season and one that I have much more shares of this year. So I am uh, loving what Zach Eflin has been doing. Either even though the the past month it's kind of been up and down. He's had a couple scoreless outings, but he's had a couple where he's gotten roughed up a little bit. The season line for Eflin is 116 innings with pretty much a strikeout per inning, 116 Ks as well, 3.64 ERA, a 102 WHIP, and an 11 and six record with the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Zach Eflin is uh, one that I think will be a little bit pricier, Steve. Uh, you know, the 116 from a volume standpoint isn't bad for the Rays. And I guess that's what they signed up for by getting a 29-year-old. He's not an arm they need to baby or anything like that. And while his some of his swing and miss rates haven't been through the roof, it's mainly the, the like the walk rate paired with his strikeout rate that's so impressive. But what are your thoughts on Eflin kind of long-term and in, into the offseason? Yeah, I think he might be a little underrated going forward. Um, there has been more bumps in the road, and I know there was a knee injury that he should be okay. I think he's starting again this week. Um, but, you know, the, the this is like what the Rays do. They find a guy that have like, elite skills and get the most out of him. Um, and his elite skills is his walk rate, which was always good and is great this year. Um, and his ground ball rate, which is, you know, 53.3%. That's 18th best um, among starters. So um, really good stuff. And, you know, pair that, that they're, they're able to get the most out of his strikeout rate and bump it up, you know, that 5% um, to get him into like the 74th percentile, the 25% K rate, um, you know, well above league, league average, um, where he was like average last year. Like that leads to this sort of success. Um you know, had he had that sub three ERA, then maybe you know I, I'm becoming out on the cost like he had the, you know a month or two ago. Um, but I think pair that with you know the, the injury concerns. There's always been like seemingly like a like a lingering knee issue with 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 Eflin, which isn't great. Um, and the fact that the Rays are going to Ray and you know maybe it's not the most elite strikeouts. There could be some buying opportunities and. If there is, you know, not like this year where Eflin was like probably one of the the last pitchers you took in like a standard twelve team draft, um, mm-hmm. but I'm still in on him if he's going to go at like SP three or four prices, which I think he might. Yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, in terms of uh, the names we've talked about, it I would expect he goes ahead of Barrios, ahead slightly of Paxton. You think? Uh, I don't know. Like Paxton's I like sixteenth on the list. Eflin's twenty seventh. Oh, I didn't that, realize Paxton was yeah, that high. Yeah, Man, yeah. yeah, I'm not gonna have shares if he's going that high with the, with the health concerns. Agreed. Agreed. And um, and list is more like right this second, right? Not looking. Yeah, this week forward. that type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, maybe a guy like, uh, well, we'll talk about more names, but yeah, part of my, my gut tells me Eflin will be between that like pick 100, pick 130 type sure. of range where you, you kind of have to go in like the eighth round, something like that. Uh, but it's a pretty reliable piece. And yeah, he's he's been able to 
really help with whip. I mean, that's an old Paul Sporer thing. It's like one of the most underrated uh, stats. Like everyone goes to ERA, right? But like that 102 whip uh, stands out very much compared to, mm-hmm. to Barrios to where mm-hmm. I bet if, for context, Barrios has the 331 ERA, the 120 whip, Eflin has the 364 ERA, and the 102 whip, I think Eflin's actually helping your ratios more than Barrios is because of the disparity mm-hmm. with the whip there. So, yeah, Eflin's a good one there. Um, yeah, last it was kind of a fun tweet from Eric Cross, always one of the better X follows out there. And yeah, one of five pitchers with a 30% K minus BB and a 50, well, that should be 20%, right? That can't yes. Be right. Yes. Yeah, twenty yes. percent K minus BB and a fifty percent ground ball rate. Those pitchers are Drew Rasmussen, Framber Valdez, Zach Eflin, Tyler Glasnow, and Logan Webb. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, three of those are Rays. So good. We might talk about another. Yeah, a, a, another Ray is kind of our tease. But all right, guys, uh, want to make money making picks on MLB games? then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em Game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST, all one word, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100, so you got some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com or underdogfantasy in the App Store. Sign up with promo code PITCHERLIST and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 and older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. In Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. Uh, so, Steve, to round out, maybe it's unfair to lump him in with uh, the Krusty Vets, which is kind of a harsh name to begin with, but Bailey Ober finally is making his breakthrough this season after he's kind of been uh, a, a bit of a fantasy sleeper across the industry the past couple of years. Ober... On the season, six and five, 98 and two thirds innings, 95 strikeouts. So, again, flirting with that strikeout per inning, a 319 ERA and a 104 whip. So, he's kind of taking the best of both worlds there from Barrios's ERA and Eflin's whip. Uh, it's looked a little bit bumpier in the past month, but we've talked about how we love what the Twins have been doing. It's kind of an underrated uh, staff and, and pitching coaching out there. Bailey Ober, I mean, talk to me about what we're thinking here because this is the youngest of the bunch here and and, uh, probably still untapped potential. I agree, and uh, if he does continue to take a little bit more lumps and the surface numbers don't look as good, not that you you hope that anyone does poorly, but I'm hoping that the cost goes down because I really, really like Bailey Ober. Um, Just a 4.6% walk rate, a 24.3% strikeout rate, isn't great but i think the stuff is a lot better than than that strikeout rate and i think there there's some um room for improvement um yeah he doesn't have the elite elite velocity which again is a little surprising for a guy who's six nine um but it's elite extension good spin um 
you know the ch- the chase rate is good um the control the command is just insane and the swing strike rate like uh is super super high no pitcher list uh includes foul tips that that leads to the discrepancy on fan graphs but 12.9 percent on fan graphs 14.4 percent um on uh pitcher list that's 25th best in the league um POV wow. overall seventh in the league at five point two eight. Um, so wow. th- there's some improve- room for improvement. It looks like with with the strikeout rate. Uh, so uh, I-, I like over a lot and and think that this is just the beginning of the breakout uh, in-, in my mind for him. I think that there is some room for growth with with, with the strikeouts there. A- another guy who throws four pitches at least eight percent of the time. Um, if that curveball or changeup um, can take a, a step as far as whiffs go, um, look out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, it, like we've talked about it for someone like Logan Gilbert, where it's like if they've got a good fastball, that's first and foremost like the the foundation for an ace and then work on the rest of the stuff. And it's interesting because, I mean, for one, yeah, like you said, Steve, his fastball is terrific uh, for a lot of reasons there with the extension, the uh, the swing and miss on it is great. The slider last year actually had a, a 37% whiff rate, and this year that's down to 31. Yeah. So it's like between the changeup, the slider, and the curveball, all he if needs one is of those for one of those. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Then he could just be, uh, you know— Tyler Glass now kind of with like two pitches and a great fastball, uh, but with that command as well. So, oh yeah, I I think Ober is definitely one I'm I'm circling in the off season, um, and it will be it'll be interesting to see where he goes as well because again I mean I don't know about the circles you're in but it, it seems like the industry is big on him but he's. I haven't seen that many reaches for him. And I know next year will be kind of a new territory for his ADP and everything. Also, they they got, what, Chris Paddock is coming back, but he should not be in jeopardy. I know he's kind of been in and out of the rotation, but no, I think he's no, pretty much I, secured yeah, at this he's point. Part, right? He's part of the future, I think, for, for them for, for a while. Okay. So that is Bailey Ober and uh, one that we really like. We've got a few more, including another youngster, but we're going to take our second ad break and we'll be right back. All right. So Steve, uh, kind of the the second one, I guess, out of the, the long list here that was from the up-and-comers this year, the newbies, and it is Tanner Bybee, who with all of kind of the, the prospect buzz that came with him, He's kind of quietly put up a, a really productive season. I think it's because he was kind of slow to start. And in the past month, it, it's really clicked in when in the last 30 days, a, a 219 ERA and a 101 whip. Bybee is now 7-2 and two on the season with 91 strikeouts over 89 and two-thirds innings, a 311 ERA and a 119 whip. Uh, Tanner Bybee for the Guardians, uh, they're obviously committed to the youth here. I think from from now on, this is definitely, uh, you know, especially with the move of Savali, it's just underlining that this is kind of the future. So Tanner Bybee, age 24, one of the bigger prospects coming into the season in terms of pitchers. And it's looked really good, man. What are you thinking for long-term for Bybee? Yeah, I, I dig it. Um 
part of it is just because you know the Guardians have been so good at developing guys like this, and then the other part of it is that it just looks like it's a it's a good arsenal with um, you know three really good pitches in the fastball, slider, and changeup. So um, you know he has good velocity on the fastball, um, good swing and really good swing and miss on the changeup, and and you know um, the sliders. Okay, by swinging risk, we'll get yeah, yeah, room to yeah, grow. room to grow, but getting getting really good results as far as like, um, you know, contact and and, and things like that. So, um, and, and what's most encouraging is that he's kind of had those lumps. Like he came up was really good the first few starts, was pretty tough uh, towards the end of June and July, and then is like really starting to put together. Like I know his last two starts, I think he actually. Um, won the King Cole, which, you know, if you read the lineups, it's or the daily uh, pitching roundups. It's uh, the the leader in um, CSW and, and uh, on a given night. And he did that uh, against the White Sox and Philadelphia in the last two times out. So um, has started to turn a corner. And, you know, like Nick says, um, it's good to see how a pitcher adjusts back after – getting beat up especially on uh for for a young guy like Bybee so um I, I I'm I'm in on Bybee uh overall and think that there is a really really good pitcher in here that's able to limit you know the damage with the contact that he allows while striking out and not walking a, lo- a lot of guys like the strikeout rates in the minors were absolutely ridiculous I, I you know based on that I could see uh the strikeout rate going up once he's able to um, you know, mature a little bit as a pitcher there. Like he had a 37% strikeout rate in 2022 at high A, um, 28% uh, when he was promoted um, in in double A last year, and then 31 in a brief spent this year. So um, there is more swing and miss in, in his game that I think is going is going to come, um, and it's still pretty good as is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of taking a gander here. I think one thing, because it is strange that the slider for having 2,800 RPMs on that, like that spin rate is great for the slider, but then you see the whiff rate is above average across all pitches, but it's probably below average for a slider. Mm-hmm. The one thing, and like you said, it's getting good results in terms of like the poor quality of contact. The, you know, the XBA on it is a 183 uh, average there part of me wonders because like the the plot chart on it looks very similar to the changeup, and they're both 84 miles per hour so i wonder if that's something where it's kind of uh throwing hitters off by kind of pairing the slider and the changeup because the changeup has elite whiff so maybe mm-hmm. it's just kind of a setup pitch there um but yeah it, it looks really good i think you'd like to see the ground ball rate a little bit higher but overall if uh you know, he's not getting hammered like right now is, is pretty good at uh, kind of inducing soft contact. And the, the K rate overall has been average. And when you look at uh, other young pitchers that struggle, it's like this is a really promising first start or, or first signs for him in his first hundred innings in the majors. So, yeah, I like it for Bybee. I think this is one that uh, you'll probably have to pay a little bit. You know, it's kind of like when you see mm-hmm. guys like McClanahan comes to mind where like that, that year after he was solid, 
he was going in the 100s, like early 100s. It seems like you'll have to invest in Bybee, but he's one that, you know, with, with, uh, like in the spring, if, if you, if I hear his velocity's going up or that he's workshopped the slider, he's one that's doesn't take a lot of convincing to see him taking the next step, especially like you said, with the strikeout upside he's had in the past. So another uh, guy with a, a lower chase rate than you might expect, um, kind of like Bradish, um, I think that maybe, uh, you know, this is more anecdotal and, and I don't have like the research behind it, but you would think that maybe these younger guys um, in the minors, they don't have to worry about guys chasing their stuff like they just will just because players aren't as good down there. In the majors, mm-hmm. it's probably a lot harder to get guys to swing outside of the zone. Um, and maybe that's something that just needs to come uh, with a bit of experience and, and figuring out how to get guys to swing at the pitches that you want them to swing at outside the zone. Um, so that could just be something like, yeah, like the 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 all the stuff is there and the spin is there, um, the velocity is there with the slider, um, but the guys just aren't chasing the zone and swinging and misses as much as you like. Maybe that's just something that. Um, you know, needs to come with a little bit of time and an off season for a young, talented pitcher like Bybee uh, could be extremely helpful. Yeah, it checks out. I mean, it's soft analysis, but it's like if mm-hmm. imagine coming up into the bigs, like you want to focus a little bit more on control, right, versus command, and like making sure you're throwing strikes. Uh, but once you get comfortable, you can, you know, start, in, you know baiting hitters into chasing a little bit more it's like you know when you're when your control is so good you're just leaving a lot of pitches over the plate that that people can hit so there's like room to stray a little bit logan gilbert came to mind too for that one because it seems like he's one who's unlocked a little bit more from his slider and he was so focused on like throwing strikes uh that i wonder if bobby could kind of follow that path and and unlock a little bit more k's so Overall, a, a a really good one. I think looking at like Bybee versus Ober, Steve, would you lean Bailey Ober there? I think I would. I think I would. I think the stuff is a little bit further ahead. Um, it's close though, but yeah. I would lean. I would lean over. Yeah, both uh, have the perks of that division. Both have, you know, good coaching behind them but it does seem like Ober's kind of more mature in, in how long he's kind of been workshopping in the bigs and it really looks like it's it's clicking for him so I think I would lean Ober as well there uh wow Steve here we are in August and we still have good things to say about you say Kikuchi uh it seems like every year there's a little bit of excitement there and then the velocity goes off a cliff and so do the ratios but Kikuchi on the season still has a 379 ERA. He does have a 128 whip, which is not great. The strikeouts, though, with 116 strikeouts over 109 in the third innings and an 8-3 and record with the Blue Jays. Uh, yeah, I mean, the past month has looked great, too, with a 257 ERA, even though the whip hasn't looked as good. So with that old-school analysis of whip versus ERA, do we think this is... 
yet another booby trap from you say Kikuchi, or do we think there's something a little different happening here? Um, I'm buying sort of what he is now. Uh, this is what I sort of hoped for when we were all in on Kikuchi a few off seasons ago, like good K's, decent enough ratios. Um, and if, you know, good team context, like some wins, um, you know, the bar wasn't super, super high for me to be, for him, for me to be interested. And this is kind of what I hope for and what we're getting. Like, as long as the velocity is there and doesn't fall off a cliff, like he's going to be good. Like, uh, in 2021, he, when he was an all-star, like that first half, like he was throwing 95. Like he's throwing 95 again with the, with with the fastball. Um, so uh, I like it. Maybe there's a little bit of noise in there, and the fact that his barrel percentage is down below 10 percent for the first time in two years, and that's always been a problem. His the the long ball, it's the um, you know uh, a 2.06 homer nine last year, down to just a 1.81, which Still isn't great. Um, you know, this guy isn't going to be like a ratio saver or league winner or anything like that. Um, but I still think it's like a, you know, a slightly worse Jose Barrios with more case, like, which is fine. Um, the trade-off. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's, a, it's a decent trade-off. And, you know, the walks, which were such an issue last year, are, are in check again at just 7.2%. Um, the best since his first year. Um, in, in Seattle back in 2019 when there were some signs uh, that he would be uh, an interesting pitcher despite a 5-4-6 ERA. Um, and then the Ks came along. Everything else really didn't. Um, but now it looks like he's finally pairing those two um, with a decent K rate, a decent walk rate, and it's resulting in some, some, some good ratios. Yeah, it looks like he also has introduced an, a new curveball. I mean, he threw a curveball mm-hmm. many years ago, uh, but this year it, it's at 16.6% usage. The whiff rate is solid at 33%. And, yeah, in terms of uh, usage, like month over month, like 3% in April, 18 in May, and 27 in June. So just continuing to rely on that more and more. And, yeah, for – Kikuchi, a guy who, um, you know, just six feet tall, like you wouldn't expect him to have extension like he does because he's got close to seven feet of extension, which is terrific stuff that you typically see from guys who are like six, three, six, four. Um, so yeah, in terms of like longevity, age 32, I mean, I guess as long as the velocity sticks around, I think this could be kind of a sneaky back end of the rotation, not quite the the upside, but hey, if that curveball is there and if he can, uh, you know, try to keep the walks in check, it's mainly like that's the been the bugaboo, right? It's why the whip is high. Last year he struggled at a thirteen percent walk rate. He's flirted with double digits in the past, so this year it's just a seven point two percent walk rate. So we'll see what it does the the rest of the way. But I think he's a guy who is going to take a lot of. Um, or it's it's gonna it's gonna be a mountain to climb for managers to draft him early. So for in terms of discounts on draft day, I think Kikuchi will be kind of a bargain to to round out a rotation or be like an SP five, SP six. Um, so yeah, it's good stuff for Kikuchi there. Yeah, I think Kikuchi would need to do a lot more than this to like 
right the wrongs of burning fantasy managers for so many years in the past. Um, completely ditched a cutter this year too, which which was interesting. Um, that's always been like a a good pitch by like velocity and movement, but just didn't get the the, the results and um, hitter slug seven fourteen off of it last year. So oh my god, good that he has put that away. Um, and yeah, that might be another reason with uh, the emergence of the curveball, um, the slider, and the fastball usage still being where they were, uh, and then also having a changeup that he can go to um, against yeah, against good, against righties is, is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so one final name here to round out the rotations for your teams, Steve. We're talking Aaron Savali and maybe saving the best for last because uh, how do we make sense of the Rays going out and dealing Kyle Manzardo, a prospect that I believe went in the first round in our uh, like minors draft for, for the uh, fan tracks league we're in with the pitcherless team. Uh, Manzardo was a very prized prospect. I know that he's struggling a little bit this year, but... He's a great hitter, and for them to trade away Manzardo for Savali has to suggest that they see something here. And we talked about Eno's tweet earlier uh, with Kyle Bradish. He was number seventh on that list of Curveball Stuff Plus. Aaron Savali is number one on that list. So there is, you know, some, if you squint, some room for him to ramp up the swing and miss stuff, but on the season, just 58 strikeouts over 77 innings. It is not a good strikeout rate at all. Uh, the ratios, however, have been great with a 234 ERA, a 104 whip. I have been perplexed by Savali most of my fantasy career. Uh, help me make sense of this one, Steve. Yeah, there there was, I think last year, there was some interesting things about him. Um, I remember picking up and being interesting. Uh and being interested in him despite, you know, the results that weren't really there. It was kind of a lost year for him at a 4.92 ERA. Uh, Two years ago, he was, I remember, because I, I rostered him in a lot of places, he was the first pitcher in the majors to get to 10 wins. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's not year. that he hasn't been good, right? And I think he was a pretty big fade the year after the, the, that because, you know, the mid-link swing strike rate, um you know, all the ERA indicators much like are basically a run higher than this three eight four ERA. Um but you know, the fact that the Rays are interested in him and they ha- they have this pitch, like he has this amazing curveball that you know it, there's a reason why the Rays went after him. Um CSW is, is pretty good, so he gets a, a good amount of called strikes, um despite just a ten point one uh swing strike rate um yeah i don't know if this is gonna amount to a 2.34 era the rest of the way but hey with the rays they're gonna get the most out of them um and i know this isn't on the rundown but it it makes me worried about kyle manzardo Uh, i know he's actually going through some personal stuff this year i think um that he had to deal with there was an injury um and i think he started to pick it up later but also, right, Manzardo, I think, is projected to be a first baseman, um, which, you know, uh, as a prospect, uh, maybe it's not 
as shiny as it would be uh, through our fantasy lens uh, if, if he does reach it just because uh, the real-life position value isn't great and you kind of want your, your first baseman to be a masher. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. And, and the Rays do so much platooning and have like Yandy Diaz and all these other guys that they play at first that maybe it's not, not the greatest fit. Um, but, hey, uh, when, a Ray, when the Rays get a pitcher uh, I'm interested in, in that um, another guy who doesn't walk a lot of guys has an elite pitch um, you know, maybe a Zach Eflin light um, upside there yeah definitely I think he's also has one of the deepest and most versatile uh, repertoires mm-hmm. in the league like yeah. kind of Darvish-esque yeah the, the Rays just they, see, they definitely see one of the pitches that they could tweak and get get more out of uh right uh it might not just be the curveball oh totally yeah i mean he he throws six pitches and yeah i i'm with you for what it's worth i mean i don't think anyone can it's such a head scratcher that you just know they've got a, a trick up their sleeve here with savali and yeah between eflin all the reclamation projects they've done in the past um it's hard to doubt them at this point so yeah, I mean, grab your popcorn for the rest of the way because this could be one. If he unlocks anything close to a strikeout per inning, I think he could be an absolute uh, like wide-awake sleeper for everyone next year because, yeah, I mean, if, if you remove kind of the recent two or three years of, you know, that vanilla just innings eater type of thing for Savali, there was a time when we were all really excited about him. Uh, for the or for the yeah for the guardians and yeah at just 28 years old there's still a lot of bullets left so the rays i am i'm with you i'm uh i'm betting on them getting the absolute most out of savali even if it doesn't look like a he gets elite fastball spin elite curveball spin um the last thing in a fastball isn't great but hey um you know uh and, and it's always been a guy who doesn't walk guys like that that is why the Rays have have targeted him, and I'm sure they will get the most out of this profile. Um, not historically, but also not really allowing barrels uh, this year. Um, did really well with that back in 2020 2019. Um, but uh, I know that's that's probably some more noise. Uh, allowed for a pitcher isn't the greatest yeah. stat to look at, um, but. There, there's some interesting things in the profile that the smart people at the Rays are probably very, very interested in. Cannot wait to see it happen. Yeah, it's a fun... Uh, that's the wild card one of all of the uh, trade deadline moves. So very excited to see what happens there. And I never thought I would say that for Aaron Savali. So love to see it uh thank you guys again for tuning in as always you guys can follow us on twitter aka x at winds above pod i am at van underscore verified and steve is at stav 8818 that rounds us out for episode 111 thanks for talking baseball with us here for the home stretch for you guys thanks for listening later